This is a show boom, boom, with no particular niche. Boom, boom. Maybe it's always about hanging out. Cha, cha, cha. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff. Maybe we'll learn something new. But it's always about hanging out. Me and you. Boom, 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 boom. That bass line, uh, that's like a blue note type beat, which would also be a tribe called quest type beat because they used a lot of blue note jazz uh uh you know loops for their beats hey welcome to that thing with james i'm your host james and as the opening botched opening song i tried to make it jazzy but i'm not sure it really fit with that bass boom 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 uh this is a show about nothing in particular uh maybe we'll laugh at some stuff maybe we'll learn something new but it's always about hanging out me and you today we might learn something new i know i learned a little bit new because in today's episode I am going to answer an audience question. This one was submitted by my friend Jaime uh, way, way back. I answered another question of his. Uh, The first question was about why rice at weddings? Where did that start with the rice throwing at the newlyweds at weddings? Which has since changed Uh, There was the rumor that if birds ate the rice, the rice would expand. They would like overgorge on the rice, and then the rice would slowly expand in their stomachs, causing their stomachs to explode, like rupture open. Um, Now, that's a rumor. That's a wives' tale, but um, the rice still is not great for the birds. I remember that. So nowadays, if you're going to throw something, it tends to be bird feed. (laughs) Um, I don't remember why the rice thing started throwing rice. Uh, it, it seems, it seems like a waste. Why not throw mud? I feel like mud is more easily grown than rice. Certainly a lot quicker. All you need is dirt and water. Dirt and water. Dirt, dirt, dirt and water. Um, But that's not what today's episode is about. Today, uh, Jaime's newest question is about clowns. Where do they come from? Are they something from uh, medieval ages, renaissance ages? Are they something like clowns today? Did that come from jesters, like a court jester? And did it start with the court jester? And I am happy to get into this question because when I was in school studying theater, I learned a bit about clowning. I even had a professor I I even did a clowning workshop um, that was taught uh, by one of the professors who went to a clowning school in Germany. And I can't remember, he he had some funny shit to say about that. Uh, He said, yeah, 
yeah, he went to a clowning school. That's a challenge in and of itself. But to go to a clowning school in Germany is an entirely different challenge because you're trying to make some Germans laugh. And and I, I think he would do an impression of the teachers. You would be on the stage. Uh, the teachers would be in the audience, sitting there, watching you, arms crossed, stone-faced, not smiling, and they say to you, okay, make me laugh. That sounded more like Borat. The Germans, okay, make me laugh. <laughs> and then you would do it, and then they wouldn't laugh. And even if they found it funny they still might not laugh. Uh, the thing that really sticks out to me still from that workshop was this exercise called the clown suicide. I love it. I love the whole premise of it. Uh, the clown suicide is, well, it, it works on the premise that uh, oftentimes uh, in, in, in modern times, there's the sad clown, like the sad hobo clown with like a teardrop painted on its eye, but it's not signif signifying how many people they've murked. Instead, just that it's a sad clown. And, um, and the shtick, the, the, the premise for the uh, clown suicide exercise is that you uh, you don't even have to do yourself up as a clown. We didn't have to. We were just there, you know, in regular class clothing. Um, but you come up with some type of uh, scheme in which the character, the clown that you're playing, uh, tries to commit suicide. And that's that's sad. That's dark. That's depressing. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Uh, characters trying to kill themselves. But here's the funny part. Because it's a clown, it fucks up. The clown is so sad that it tries to take its own life, but it can't even get that right. So there was one where, like, uh, there was a clown that was like, okay, uh, one person did, like... Uh, they were going to let a door close on their head and maybe it would crush their head and kill them because the the uh, space we were in, this like black box theater, uh, the main door to it had one of those like little hydraulic hinges at the top so it would like automatically close. And the student would open the door and, and you don't speak during any of this. So it's a lot, it's, it's sort of uh, getting into pantomime because there's a lot of, there's crossover between clowns and mimes, uh, but you don't speak, you don't say anything. Um, it's just with your expressions and using your body, communicating with your posture and movement, uh, communicating all the things you would otherwise be babbling with your mouth. Uh, so the one person got to the door with the hydraulic closer on it and they opened the door and they laid down and this door closed very gently. It's not one of those that would go slow and then would go -dunk at the end really hard. No, this is a very gentle door and they laid down 
and they let the door close very gently on their head. And damn it, they were still alive. There was another one where like a person, uh, I, I, like you could set up like a, a toy train, you know, one of those like battery operated things where a train would go around on its own, lay down on a toy train track and let the toy train hit you in the head. Uh, and that didn't kill you. And then there's the always classic uh, clown suicide of uh, the clown tries to hang itself, um, but it, it can't get up high enough, you know? So they get up on a chair, put the noose around their neck, uh, kick the chair out from under them, and then they drop down and their feet touch, you know, they hit the floor. There, there's too much slack in the rope and not enough room above their head to effectively hang themselves. Or another thing to do is like a character does, you know, they have enough height and enough, um, uh, a little enough slack so that they might actually be able to hang themselves. But once they kick the stool out from under their feet, they come down and whatever the rope is attached to up at the top uh, uh, breaks, like the ceiling you know, breaks and they fall to the floor and the fucking drywall or whatever is covering the ceiling crashes down on their head and makes them all dirty and upset that they're still alive, that they were unable to kill themselves. That's the clown suicide. There's a lot more to clowning than that. Uh, in fact, one of the most underrated sitcoms of somewhat recent history, like the past 10 years or so. I, I I don't know many people that watched it, really. Not many people that I know personally watched it. Uh, it was a, I think there might have been four seasons or something. Baskets. Baskets. Uh, it, it's got Zach Galifianakis plays a guy from... Uh, not Scottsdale, Arizona. He's in California. It starts with the sea. It's a very desolate <laughs> desert place. Um, I have a friend who lives there, and I cannot think of the name of it. But anyway, uh, um, he lives in California uh, in this sort of like, there's nothing in this town besides like uh, Costco and an Arby's and a bunch of highways. He comes back and he uh, starts being a rodeo clown. Um, although he had studied in France to be like a classical, classically trained artiste clown. Um, and it's a great show. Louis Anderson, rest in peace, played Basket's mother. Um, it's a fantastic show. If you have Hulu, I'm pretty sure it's still on there. It was an FX show. Uh, not enough people watched it. It was, it's brilliant. It's great. I love it. Um, so there's that. And then if you watched some of my stuff that I made like a year and a half ago, a couple years ago by now, maybe, um, I think it was a year and a half ago about, yeah, uh, I, I, I did a, a web series, a limited web series about a guy who becomes a clown. It's called After the Tone. If you haven't seen it, it's on my YouTube channel. Go to the playlists and there will be a playlist of all 
10 or 11 installments of After the Tone. It's about a guy uh, who, uh, similar to Baskets, really, um, comes back to the uh, his hometown. He's none too happy about it, tries to reconnect with the person, but can only get a hold of their voicemail. And over the span of these 10 short episodes, he leaves a series of um, voicemails that each subsequent one becomes increasingly more unhinged to the point in which, at which, he becomes a clown. It makes sense. It sound, it, it's not like a supernatural thing. It's not like he becomes a different species that is like a clown human. No, he just dons the paint and everything. Um, and I think it's great. The execution, um, it's not the best acting on my behalf, but in my defense, <clears throat> it, was, it was my first time doing all of that shit that I did all on my own. I was the only person that uh, wrote, recorded, directed, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, you know, for what it is, for what it is, I think it's pretty damn good. I think the writing is pretty pretty good for the most part. Go check it out after the tone. And and since we're on the topic of self-promotion, real quick, uh, I, I have a bunch of bonus episodes of this podcast that are paywalled uh, for a very low premium, very low premium at patreon.com slash that thing with James. The main thing is you can help support this show. And through your support, you will get access to, I think I'm almost at 90 bonus episodes and some extra content. And depending on which like donation tier you select, there are other perks I offer alongside of this wealth, this treasure trove of bonus episodes. So if you want more of this show uh, and, and if you want to help support an independent artiste, consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash that thing with James, patreon.com slash that thing with James. And to those of you who already support the show, Thank you, you rock. As for my social media, uh, subreddit, and show email, that stuff is written in the episode description. Okay, now, on, on with today's topic. So, as I mentioned at the top, my friend Jaime, um, he asked about clowns. He wanted me to do an episode about, like, what's the history of clowns? And... As I mentioned also at the top, I learned a bit about this. It was one of my favorite topics in, um, in, in grad school is where I learned about it. Um, it was one of the many, many things I learned about in grad school. Um, and it's a very big topic. And I cannot really do an in-depth thing, uh, in-depth study on it in just this episode. Um, perhaps if I had like at least a hundred patrons that might, uh, um, incentivize me to spend a bit more time, um, writing out a script for this, 
But since that's not the case, and since I have a limited amount of time, resources, and energy, um, we're just going to kind of scratch the surface here. But uh, Jaime asked something. He was like, did it start with like court jesters? And um, yes and no. So uh, clowns as we know them today certainly can be, you can certainly, you know, pin and connect with the yarn on your, like, you know, your, your, uh, you know, your, your cop detective board where you're linking up two separate, seemingly separate topics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, court jesters, uh, became, uh, in, in the Renaissance period, these characters in this type of theater called Commedia dell'arte. It's, uh, that was an Italian form of theater with these stock characters who would tell these sort of stock stories. And, uh, and then Commedia dell'arte went on to become other stuff over time, um, with, uh, circus clowns and so on and so forth. And, and, and of course, the circus clown thing was more so in America, whereas in Europe, it was still more tied to your standard sort of theater. And um, in in Europe, uh, clowning and thus uh, mimicry, mimes, are regarded as a part of fine art, whereas in the U.S. it can be regarded or is popularly regarded as just some silly, goofy, dumb thing uh, for kids, and then some people for nightmares. Um, so th there's a lot of cultural differences here. But going back to the uh, court jester thing, I know that clowns have been around for a lot longer than that. In fact, clowning and the idea of wearing masks and uh, the uh, uh, the relation of mask and performance uh, and the effect that uh, performance, that that theater, folk theater, community theater, tribal theater, performances and masks. There's a lot of big loose words. That's why I say I can't get into all of it in just this episode. So I'm going to try to skim the surface as best I can without a script. Um, theater and performance has been an integral part of the human experience as far back as all recorded history. Um, and whereas in present day, especially in places like the United States, which have been hijacked by con artists who exist and function solely to uh, collect and consolidate money and thus power, and this is getting into Marx territory, the arts are not regarded as something integral because they spin the yarn, these hucksters spin the yarn that Art doesn't really benefit society at all. And by benefit, they mean 
make you do things that make them more money, the capitalists more money. It's inhuman. Uh, what is human is art and performance and storytelling and donning masks. You wear a mask in your daily life. I'm James. That is my mask. I wear a different mask right now for this show. I put on a different mask when I look at myself in the mirror. If I'm happy, if I'm sad, if I'm tired, if it's sunny outside. You wear a different mask when you speak with a stranger in a convenience store. You wear a different mask when you speak to a family member with whom you have everlasting static. We all wear masks and meditate and meditate and meditate and peel back your ego as much as you can. But you will find there are only masks upon masks upon masks upon masks with you and with every other person. This is what it is to be human. This is what it is to have an ego, to have an id. We all wear masks, whether we mean to or not. And one of the masks is that of the trickster, of the joker, the one who engages in a bit of chicanery, some tomfoolery, the clown. So let's jump in here uh, on a bit of... Now, let's, uh, let's jump in here... I've got a few different things. I haven't read through all of them. Um, so we're just going to try to do a cursory scan over some of these articles. And then there's one article that I want to end on in particular that I actually posed to Jaime. Uh, granted, at, the, at this time, I have not uh, checked my Facebook messages again. That's how he reached out to me. I rarely check my Facebook messages because I don't log into Facebook that often because it gives me an icky feeling. And for good reason, it's been designed to do that. Um, so first, I'm going to take a sip of water and then we'll jump into this stuff. All right, I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. Um, so we're going to start with Wikipedia. That's a great place to start. That's where I began when I did research papers in grad school. Uh, you can't use Wikipedia as a source, but it is a good place to find new sources. It's a good launch pad to wrap your head around the topic. So let's read the first section of what Wikipedia has to say about clown. A clown is a person who performs comedy and arts in a state of open-mindedness using physical comedy, typically while wearing distinct makeup or costuming, and reversing folkway norms. So it reverses the standard societal norms. Clowns have a varied tradition with significant variations in costume and performance. The most recognizable clowns are those that commonly perform in the circus, characterized by colorful wigs, red noses, and oversized shoes. However, 
Clowns have also played roles in theater and folklore, like court jesters of the Middle Ages and the jesters and ritual clowns of various indigenous cultures. Their performances can elicit a a range of emotions, from humor and laughter to fear and discomfort. Pardon me. Hold on. See, that's a clown bit right there. I'm a clown. Their performances, a range of emotions, fear and discomfort, reflecting complex societal and psychological dimensions. Through the centuries, clowns have continued to play significant roles in society, evolving alongside changing cultural norms and artistic expressions. History. The most ancient clowns have been found in the 5th dynasty of Egypt, around 2400 BC. Unlike court jesters, clowns have traditionally served as a socio-religious and psychological role, and traditionally, the roles of of priest and clown have been held by the same persons. So the person, so the tribe priest was also the tribe clown, healing, performance, being the performer, and being an audience, there was a lot of crossover in early, in ancient theater. And this a lot had to do with imparting wisdom, uh, personal wisdom, universal sort of knowledge, and healing. It was a very holistic approach to the human existence, from which because of capitalism, among other things, we are now quite divorced in quote-unquote modern, civilized, uh, super scare quotes, civilized cultures, Um, particularly Western cultures have divorced themselves quite a bit from the holistic, earthy human existence. Anyway, uh, Peter Berger writes, quote, It seems plausible that folly and fools like religion and magic meet some deeply rooted needs in human society, unquote. For this reason, clowning is often considered an important part of training as a physical performance discipline, partly because tricky subject matter can be dealt with, but also because it requires a high level of risk and play in the performer. Now that touched on one of my favorite things, why I... um, just naturally find myself uh, drawn toward uh, theater and toward, you know, fiction in general, but especially, uh, particularly toward comedy. You can tell some, uh, you can express uncomfortable emotions, uncomfortable feelings, icky stuff, and it's a lot more palatable when it's presented on a silly plate so to speak. In anthropology, the term clown, or as is said often by the French ex-girlfriend in Baskets, by Zach Galifianakis' character, uh, his French ex-wife or whatever, un clown, j'ai un clown, uh, j'aime 
uh, wait, that's je uh, um, that's I love je clones. Oui, oui. My very butchered French. In anthropology, the term clone, clown, has been extended to comparable jester or fool characters in non-Western cultures. A society in which such clowns have an important position are termed clown societies, and a clown character involved in a religious or ritual capacity is known as a ritual clown. Uh, a heyoka is an individual in Lakota and Dakota cultures um, who lives outside the constraints of normal cultural roles, playing the role of a backwards clown by doing everything in reverse. The heyoka role is sometimes best filled by the winkte. I hope I pronounced this stuff right. Many native tribes, I told you, clowning's been around for a long fucking time. It's been around as long as humans, pretty much. Many native tribes have a history of clowning. The Canadian clowning method developed by <clears throat> Richard Pochinko and furthered by his former apprentice, Sue Morrison, combines European and Native American clowning techniques. In this tradition, masks are made of clay while the creator's eyes are closed. A mask is made for each direction of the medicine wheel. During this process, the clown creates a personal mythology that explores their personal experiences. So it's a way of getting your life experiences, the moments that stick in your gut, in your mind when you're trying to go to sleep. It's extracting these things from inside you and putting them in a physical space where you can actually look at it instead of just feel it in this vague, trembling place inside you. The circus clown tradition developed out of earlier comedic roles in theater or uh, variety shows during the 19th to mid-20th centuries. This recognizable character features outlandish costumes, distinctive makeup, colorful wigs, exaggerated footwear, and colorful clothing, with the style generally being designed to entertain large audiences. The first mainstream clown was portrayed by Joseph Grimaldi, who also created the traditional white face makeup design. In the early 1800s, he expanded the role of clown in the Harlequin that performed in part of uh, that performed part of British pantomimes, notably at the Theatre Royale, Drury, Drury Lane, and the Saddler's Wells and Covent Garden Theatres. He became so dominant on the London comic stage that Harlequinade clowns became known as Joey. What the fuck? And both the nickname and Grimaldi's white face makeup design are still used by other clowns. Uh, 
The comedy that clowns perform is usually in the role of a fool whose everyday actions and tasks become extraordinary. That's part of being a clown. The ordinary, the mundane, becomes extraordinary. Because it's so new and you get things so fucked up all the time, you can't even kill yourself right. That's the clown, baby. Uh, And for whom the ridiculous, for a short while, becomes ordinary. Uh, The absurd is mundane to a clown. And it kind of Uh, It's a perspective shift for the audience. Um, This style of comedy has a long history in many countries and cultures across the world. Some writers have argued that due to the widespread use of such comedy and its long history, it is a need that is part of the human condition. The modern clowning school of comedy in the 21st century diverged from the whiteface clown tradition with more of an emphasis on personal vulnerability and heightened sexuality. Um, And then let's see, let's do this origin part and then we'll move on. Uh, The clown character developed out of the Zani, or rustic fool characters of the early modern Commedia dell'arte, which were themselves directly based on the rustic fool characters of ancient Greek and Roman theater, rustic buffon, buffon characters in classical Greek theater were known as, uh, god damn it, and that's Greek to me, Sclerophytes, from Paisine, to play like a child, or Daikalektas, besides other generic terms for rustic or peasant. Okay, so the uh, childish poor person. In Roman theater, a term for clown was fossor, literally digger, laborer. Uh, The English word clown was first recorded circa 1560 as clown or cloin. Uh, In the generic meaning, rustic, boor, present. Boor as in B-O-O-R. The origin of the word is uncertain, perhaps from a Scandinavian word cognate with clumsy. It uh, It is in this sense that clown is used as the name of fool characters in Shakespeare's Othello and The Winter's Tale. The sense of clown as referring to a professional or habitual fool or jester soon developed after 1600 based on Elizabethan rustic fool characters such as Shakespeare's. The Harlequinade developed in England in the 17th century, inspired by Arlecchino and the Commedia dell'arte. It was here that clown came into use as a given name or stock character, originally a foil for Harlequin's slyness and adroit nature. Clown was a bouffon or bumpkin fool. I love that word, bumpkin fool who resembled less a jester than a comical idiot. He was a lower-class character dressed in tattered servant's garb. The now-classical features of the clown character were developed in the early 1800s by Joseph Grimaldi, who played the clown Charles 
uh, have played the clown in Charles Dibbins' 1800 pantomime Peter Wilkins or Harlequin in the Flying World at Sadler's Wells Theater, where Grimaldi built the character up into the central figure of the Harlequinade. My goodness, this episode passed has gone by quite quickly, and I think I'm going to have to make this a two-parter. So if you want to check out the rest, tune in to this week's bonus episode. Get access to it by supporting the show at patreon.com slash that thing with James, because I'm going to answer a burning question. I found an answer to my burning question from when Jaime first asked me, because Jaime, uh, if I remember correctly, is from LA. And it made me wonder, why the fuck do Mexicans and, 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 and cholo culture in particular, what's with the clowns? Find out at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you stick around and learn more about clowns, one of my favorite topics. Uh, so hopefully I'll see you there. If not, I'll see you next time. Bye.